I remember I was teaching English to a fortune teller. Through conversation, she would teach me English by giving me my future. But she pretty much said, my life is going to be very boring and um and uh but man, what was it yeah my life is going to be very boring but i'm going to die in a very exciting way which is a bit like okay <laughs> no worries hey guys you are now listening to the happiness podcast i am your host daniel casadillo sit back and relax as i explore different perspectives to do with travel lifestyle self-help spirituality and any other curveballs life throws at me <laughs> Thank you for stopping by. Peace. Hey guys, what's going on? It's been a while since I've done a podcast. Um, Lately, I've moved up to Perth and just trying to get my life together up in here and going by what's going on in the world and everything like that. It's a bit of a interesting time to uh, move house and move location and everything like that. But I'm super grateful because I'm living with a bunch of really good dudes who are We're all quite like-minded and wanting to find ways to be the better versions of ourselves and always on that self-help kind of journey, which I'm very, um, which I'm quite passionate about. So it's awesome teaming up with different people. And also it's also, it's really good um, collaborating and bouncing off creatively with other other dudes that are like-minded because I felt like after the two weeks of isolation with my parents, I probably drove them insane. (laughs) But yeah, so um, in this time of um, quarantine and self-isolation, I wanted to continue on with this route of podcasting and um, explore ways to better it. And I was looking to the future about future plans and what's going, what's life going to look like after the pandemic and what to do and like whether I'll be still as travel orientated or not. I'm curious to see what that kind of journey will lead. But um, I have heard rumors that many of the airlines, once the pandemic has kind of gone away and kind of blown over, that there will be massive sales as far as flights and just to try and really promote people to get out of their home country again and continue traveling because lots of these airlines are taking a massive hit and so um, there's going to be massive deals apparently and that kind of got me thinking like oh I gotta capitalize on this I need to go to Europe I need to go here I need to go there and then so it's all just kind of trying to work it all out and I need to kind of be careful because sometimes when I get an idea no matter how crazy it may be a lot of the time I just go with it and just ride it out as madness or it may seem and I'm sure you guys are thinking the same thing I'm sure there'll be lots of people who because of this pandemic flights have been cancelled your travel plans got ruined mine got ruined your holidays uh, have to be rescheduled and everything like that and I kind of thought, why not should be a good time in this kind of, in this podcast, I'd like to talk about volunteer travel, because that's something that I've been doing for the last three to four years, five, pretty much five years now of doing nonstop volunteer travel. And it's something that's not, it's not often broadcast as far as like the Instagram influencers never promote it. And it's not very popular. And I thought that to give it some exposure to the best that I can because it is such a cool way to travel when on a budget because there's lots of different misconceptions and myths about volunteer travel. There are lots of volunteer travel agencies that I think rip you off. Um, But there's one in particular that I think has been very trusting, has been very good to me, and that the organization is called Workaway. 
Now, before I get stuck into talking about WorkAway, I just wanted to say that if you are someone who is wanting to travel once this global pandemic blows over, you want to capitalize on these cheap flights that I think will be coming out in the near future, and you want to really go about it, you might not have a whole lot of money, you're kind of working it all out. Traveling is a very, it's a scary thing. It's a, it's quite a, um, it really kind of forces you to really, uh, what's the word? I, I guess I could just say get out of your comfort zone again. Um, and if you would rather not do the cliche, do the travel tours, the Kentucky and all that, you want to go a different route and you want to find and form your own route. You want to form your own way and form your own journey and not being dictated by some itinerary that's only for two weeks. Um, and you wanted something a bit more and you don't know what that looks like, then, um, please listen up because this is, um, something that I've learned so much about and I... I'm really passionate about this uh, volunteer traveling thing because I think it really goes parallel with what I think travel really is about. And I feel like a lot of the time now, due to Instagram and social media and lots of different things, we've kind of strayed a little bit away of what it means to really travel and what it means to really, I guess you could also say, live that adventurous life abroad. Now, work away. What is it? How does it work? So WorkAway is an organization that is global, that is international. Um, and what it does is that it gives you over 35,000 different hosts around the world who are wanting help, who are need volunteers to come and help out with their non-for-profit, with their school or with their um, hostel, with their farm, with their... Oh, the list goes on with... Um, with our language and like maintenance or house help at home. There's so many different ranging things on this website. And what what the work what the workway um, people have done is that they've asked there that you pay an annual fee, which is no more than I think 35 US dollars, I'm pretty sure, per year. And you get access into contacting all of these hosts that are around the world who are looking for help and you get to create your own account, you get to create your own, uh, like, not avatar, it's not the right word, but you create your own account and you um, upload your own pictures and you, uh, it's up to you to contact these hosts. It's up to you to make an effort. Work away the employees, they don't do anything to help facilitate your stay with different hosts. And that's kind of what I like about it is that it's up to you to introduce yourself to the host, to make friends with them and to really outline what you want to do whilst you're with them. Because what I love about Workaway is that ultimately it's just an exchange. So you generally exchange 25 hours a week. Uh, so you work uh, usually five hours a day, Monday to Friday or whatever. And then you have two days off. So 25 hours a week, and in return, you normally get a free accommodation and free food. Depending on the different WorkAway projects that are happening, lots of them are NGOs and kind of helping out with um, social social causes within their country and money isn't something they have an um, excessive amount on. So sometimes you do have to pay a little bit to be there. Um, but it is far less than what I've, other, what I've seen in other volunteer agencies where you're paying up to sometimes $600 a week to help build an orphanage in Africa, which um, I really do hope that that money is going directly to the orphanage in Africa, but sometimes you just don't know with these massive, big volunteer agencies. I don't, I'm not saying this to diss them, I'm just saying sometimes you just don't know. And something what I like about Workaway is that it connects you directly 
into the into their profit into the non-for-profit into the owner and you're communicating directly with the people who are actually on the ground and doing the work i've had a couple of times where i was volunteering at different ngos through work away and i had to pay i think it was no more than i think three us dollars a day um and one of them where i was volunteering in northern in northern Thailand near near the city Chiang Mai and I was teaching English to Buddhist monks and to fortune tellers and to disadvantaged kids and things like that and oh man I had an absolute blast and being able to see where my I guess you could say donations going towards and seeing who's helping and then being actually being able to have the privilege to help physically with my actions and with my very poor knowledge of actually the English language. <laughs> I mean, I, had, I got to teach English to these kids, but it's something. It's funny when you're teaching in language that you're fluent in, you grew up in, and sometimes they ask you questions like, "Why is the, why is the sentence like that?" And he's like, "I don't know. <laughs> just, just write it down. I don't know." And I found it so interesting because I got to teach English to um, Buddhist monks, and being able to have an English lesson that was them telling me about Buddhism, them teaching me about how to meditate, and being able to kind of uh, meet them halfway on something that they're very passionate about, what they live their life about, and being able to create an English lesson over that. And so I had some very fascinating conversations. Um, I was, and it's also very interesting because we often put these many people who live very different to us in some sort of box and I really enjoyed it as I asked them questions and as we were talking in conversational English just how similar we all are like I was talking to this uh, to this Buddhist monk and he was telling me how much he loves watching Game of Thrones and things like that and we were having lots of laughs about just pop culture and all these different things and I found it fascinating that this dude in an orange robe who is bold had such like a worldly opinion and I found it very fascinating um and so I learned a lot from those guys hopefully they learned a lot of from me from my very poor Australian English conversational lessons and another one I remember I was teaching English to a fortune teller and so I made an English lesson where she through conversation she would teach me English by giving me my future and uh, I can't remember word for word what she said, but she pretty much said, my life is going to be very boring. And, um, and uh, but man, what was it? Yeah, my life is going to be very boring, but I'm going to die in a very exciting way, which is a bit like, okay, <laughs> no worries. So from that moment, after that English lesson, I then made a deal with myself to then set out on as many, as many adventures as I can to try and prove her wrong. So at the end of my life, let's see if she was right or she was wrong. Right now, I think she's, I don't know, we're, we're working it out. I'm trying to live as adventurous as possible. So hopefully we'll see down the road if I get to prove her wrong. Now, how did I discover Workaway and why did I do it? What, what was the point in starting it? And I think for me, I, I researched a lot about how to travel on a budget and different ways, different companies that help, and Workaway kept coming up. And so when it came to my 18th birthday, um, I didn't have a big party or anything like that. There was no fiesta. It was actually on a Wednesday night, so fair enough. Um, and it was my my 18th birthday was spent me signing up for different um, organizations such as Wolfing and Workaway and other ones. Um, and it was such a, it really hit me just I'm um, spending my 18th birthday signing up for these volunteering agencies, volunteering companies. So 
maybe this this actually there's something to it this there's something i'm really gravitating towards with it and just being so young at the time and now to where i am now i am so happy that i really gave it my all and i think the main motivation for me was why did i do it at the initial point was the motive that it was the perfect way to uh, travel on a budget it was perfect for me to make connections with people and be with people and learn from them but the whole idea of saving money was the main motive on Workaway. And then when I left, I think a month after I was 18, I went to volunteer in France and helped build a natural organic tiny house and things like that. And I loved it, but, and I loved it because I wasn't spending money because I didn't have much money. I was 18 and I booked a one-way flight to France. So I really had no idea what I was doing. But I was very happy that the rumors were true that you do save so much money and to the point where my workaway host was like paying for my drinks on the weekend. Like it was crazy, it was awesome. We can't always get that lucky where your workaway host is paying for your drinks on the weekend. But when you do, stay there, <laughs> it's a good time. But um, the biggest thing that really got to me was just how at the end of this workaway experience, after I've saved so much money, but I had such a good time being with him, being with the family, making friends in the um, in the nearby area, in the village, hitchhiked for the first time, learnt a bit of French, learnt a bit more of like eco-construction skills. Um, and so the, I, I, could on, I could honestly say the wealth of knowledge I had received after six weeks of being with this family in France, like that was the what blew me away although i saved so much money and i was super happy about that but i wasn't that that wasn't the main that didn't become the motive anymore it was more about actually being present where i was and actually making a difference and learning so many different raging skills that i never thought i would have the privilege to learn and at the end of the six weeks i was almost in tears saying goodbye to the family because now I have a home in southern France, and I had to, and I had to leave it. The adventure continued, um, and now I can look back on even now. If I was to go travelling now to southern France, I could visit them and stay with them and hang out. And I've actually I've done. I don't mean to be say this in a bragging way, but I've done all almost I think twenty workaway projects around the world in the last four or five years, and the idea that I've got a place to seek refuge, a, place, a home and with different families, with different people all over the world is such a warm feeling and it's so nice to have the privilege to having and they've got the same, I always say the same, I say whenever you're in Western Australia you are more than welcome to come here, it's like an equal exchange. Although like in saying that no one really comes to Western Australia, everyone always goes to the east coast of Australia. So. You know, if you're listening to this and you're not from Australia, you've always got a home in Western Australia if you happen to ever come. But yeah, and I think it's just a perfect way as well what I realised that how quickly I could learn a language, being immersed in a completely different environment, how quickly you are forced to learn French or Spanish or wherever you may be because everyone around you is speaking it and give yourself a few days but you'll find yourself really picking up the foundations of it quite quickly just step out there and make it happen if you're passionate about learning a language then i'll definitely recommend doing a work away being in a place for a few months and just being immersive it is such a cool thing to do 
But the other th on the thing on the flip side that you always hear is the myths on WorkAway or, or in volu other volunteering things. And one of them is that, is it inflexible? Do you have to, you have to have an itinerary? It's not possible to do it. You're restricted, you're restricted to one location and things like that. And that's not true. I mean, at the end of the day, I think the key is to communicate. So if I told a host that I was going to be there for two weeks, went there, things just weren't working out. I had a good conversation with him. I, I told him all my cards, so I'm look, I don't think this is right. I don't think we, we are compatible or whatever it may be. Then, and I shoot off. You're more than able to shoot off. You're more than entitled to leave. It's not like you are, um, you haven't signed a contract or anything like that. I think it's always good to give them a bit of notice. So if they need other help, they can find other different workaway volunteers and things like that. But the idea that it is inflexible is completely false. Um, I've, I've spent a lot of my time doing a workaway in northern Germany. I've talked about it in the past in a community near Hamburg. And I went there to stay there for a month. And I ended up staying for 10 months. I loved it so much. And so many other travelers have done the same, I've heard. Uh, one dude, one of my best mates from New Zealand, he was meant to stay there for about a week or two weeks. And I think he's still there now after two or three, I think two years, three years maybe. I can't remember. But Hamish, if you're listening to this, I love you, man. I hope you're well. <laughs> and another myth about WorkAway is that it's expensive. And that kind of links to my previous point to what I was saying about me mainly doing it because it was cheap and on the budget. Um, it is very much that. It is the perfect way to have the cultural exchange, but then to also save money and to really source out different ways of even creating an income. You definitely can. I've heard many people being able to do a work away and stay in one location for a period of time. And whilst they're doing their five hours a day, um, at night time, they might do some bar work for three hours just so they get some pocket money or whatever they ha or whatever may have you. Um, so the idea that it's expensive is completely false. Um, some And obviously some projects are different with how they go about it, but I think always make it clear in the email when you're emailing them about the different things and things that you should know as far as finances and everything like that. I think the key to just surviving in WorkAway and just making it happen is just to being open with communication with your host. Being overly communicative on both sides really helps a lot being transparent as possible. I remember um, a few years ago, I was volunteering on an island off Ireland. <laughs> Bit of a tongue twister. Um, and I loved it there. It was like a small island of, I think, no more than 80 people and it was a very fascinating place because all the doors were open so I could be I just woke up and I was having breakfast in the kitchen with my host family and then a bunch of their friends walk in just without knocking and they all just grabbed a cereal bowl and they we all ate we all ate breakfast together such a foreign kind of thing for me and what I've grown up with um but it was such a cool community focused kind of island and I really enjoyed it and I remember they were <laughs> how they would talk because their their Irish accent was so broke um so they were talking to me and we were helping to build this um uh fishing sailboat and they were asking me to pass them different tools and to help them out 
I just could not understand them for the life of me. So, and they were speaking English words. They weren't speaking like Gaelic or Irish or whatever the, the language is. It wasn't anything like that. They were speaking complete English, but I just could not understand them. And it really made me think that how many international people may find it hard to hear my accent with my, because I've heard that my Australian accent can be quite harsh sometimes. So it really kind of put things in perspe into perspective because here this person was speaking English, my native tongue, and I couldn't understand him. I found it, I found it fascinating, but we had an awesome time together. Um, a beautiful time helping building this boat and just doing Irish dancing and doing playing the, the Irish flute and all that. Oh, it was a really good time, really good time. And at one time <laughs> it was, um, borderline 26 degrees it was getting quite quite it was getting into summer and all them all that and um the some of the locals just could not be in the sun at all and for me it was kind of like borderline beach weather you know and i just i love the difference i love the exposure to what you have on where people grow up with completely different upbringings and um, environment and climates and just how different it, all, it always is. They were sweating beyond belief and they were like um, intentionally walking in the shade. It was just 26 degrees. Like I was thinking like, do I take, should I take off my shirt? Should I not? I don't know. I'll just leave it on for now. It's not that hot, but they were like dying. <laughs> I found it. I found it so funny. It was a really, a really cool time. And, th and that's also what it links to is that some of these workaways that you go on, um, sometimes it's just you and it's just, um, there's no, if you're on a remote island with only a, sel a selected few people, it can be quite boring in a sense, if that's, but I think something I've, I've talked about this before about the whole idea of boardroom is just a lack of attention. And my dad used to always tell me, if you're bored, that means you're boring. So there's times where I've done work away projects and it's just been me there um, in um, in a quite a remote area and most of the other people who are around are quite old. So you, you know, it's just the conversations are a bit different and things like that. Um, and I really think it's up to you to really spark life into your adventure, into your journey and into your foreign kind of new land. Because I've had people tell me, oh, I think Workaway will be boring because I'm just doing this for five hours and then I'm completely time rich and I don't know what else to do in those five, after the five hours. And I think that's exactly it. I mean, it, you can link that even now to all this quarantine time and things like that. You've got so much time to really grind on a creative journey, on a creative kind of passion that you can work out, you can learn, that you can uh, manifest, that you can get better at, that you can progress in. And I think it's the same that when you do these workaways, you find yourself quite time rich at times. And I think that when you're time rich, it's completely up to you to see how disciplined you are on working on your craft, on being a better per being a better version of yourself. Um, so my biggest point would be that when people say, oh, workaway is boring, maybe the work that you're doing on at the project isn't the funnest thing. And I completely get that. Some of the, sometimes work is boring. That's just life. But outside of that, in your free time, that's completely up to you. So I really encourage you, if you're going to do a work away, take it upon yourself, learn the language, discover more, walk around in the new area, engage in people, engage with people, have those conversations. Um, because at the end of the day, when you're bored, that starts with you and you're, you are the only problem. And other people have asked me that is work away in general difficult? And I think that's quite 
quite a similar answer to the whole boardroom and is it boring kind of question is that it is quite up to you on how difficult it is but also in saying that it can be difficult no doubt it can be difficult um, when you're in a new environment because I think when you're in a new environment a new country there's a new language that you might not not know much about and they're asking you're working so you're actually you're not just going to different cool cathedrals you're actually working and working alongside people you're doing problem solving and things like that and it is quite hard and it is quite it is quite daunting you know especially where they're asking you to do something to help and you just don't understand and it just gets a bit annoying for both people you know and it's completely it's completely normal and i think that's when patience and patience and compassion comes into it and usually you would definitely find that with different workaway hosts because if they're committing to have international travelers come and help them out with their project then of course there's going to be the obstacle of a language barrier and most of the time many of the hosts are very patient with your language learning and just when there's a miscommunication or whatever may have you but it is difficult no doubt i remember when i was volunteering on a permaculture farm in switzerland a few years ago and i was by myself i was the only workaway i volunteer and i was um, with an older couple as my hosts and as far as finding new things to do which were lots of there was lots of beautiful walks and um, wildlife discoveries and lots of beautiful things i could do in nature but doing it by myself it was always a bit eh, it wasn't it wasn't ideal and it was quite hard for me and there were times where it was quite difficult and my workaway hosts were quite um they were quite what's the word they were quite strict but loving if that makes sense and there were times where I messed up and um, I, you know, they kind of talked to me about it and I'd feel really bad and they'll tell me off. And, and so, and I felt this, it was a time where I, everything was quite difficult. And I was like, here I am in the middle of nowhere. I feel horrible. I don't know what I'm doing. All this kind of thing. And naturally all these negative thoughts go into your head. And, but then being able to really take initiative in yourself and really be able to solve those difficult problems have a conversation with the workaway hosts and really being able to re, um, like you say, rekindle the relationship, repair it. And then by the end of my time of my month there, I didn't want to leave. I just loved where I was in Switzerland and I loved the family, the, the couple who I was with. And so I think the whole idea of it being difficult is, is true. It can be very difficult, but if you're willing to really work at it and follow it through, man, the rewards is just so cool. And it's, it's awesome being able to have si such a tight connection to a couple who live in such a beautiful place. <laughs> so now I can go visit them whenever I want once this travel ban's done. I actually might do that. I actually might go visit them. Hopefully, they, hopefully they're not listening to this so I can surprise them. Um, but yeah, so I think it's all on what you make it and it's completely up to you. And I think linking back to it all in a nutshell is that the idea of the, the selling point is that it is cheap and that you do get to save money and it is such, it's such a cool way to travel. Um, but I also think in the, in the more wholesome long term, the people you meet, the connections you make with the hosts, with the other workaway volunteers, and the idea that you get to kind of really be a part of something a lot bigger and being able to be a part of like a, like a project or a movement or a cause in a whole foreign country, you've got so much to learn, you know what I mean? You learn so much about their politics, their, 
their movements, their revolutions that are going on, and I think you just kind of, at the end of it, you just kind of have like a bit of, uh, a bit of wealth of knowledge, I guess, on things that might not be relevant back home. There's been lots of those conversations I've had with friends back home, and they just don't really see to eye to eye with everything that I've said, and that's fine, because we've all been exposed to different things, you know, and I think that's what it's all about, being able to being able to intentionally go out of your way to experience different things because I think the more you know the more interesting you are. I feel like I mainly just scratched the surface of what work away and volunteer travel is all about. As you can see I'm quite passionate about it and I really stand by what the movement's doing and I think it's a real incredible train to jump on. So if you are thinking about traveling this year once this all blows away, I would definitely, definitely w recommend WorkAway. And um, there's many other different volunteering opportunities out there, travel companies out there as well. But WorkAway for me <clears throat> has definitely been one that has been very consistent and it just has so many different hosts. I think it's definitely the most popular one. So that maybe that can help with your more peace of mind and safety. Um, and there's so many other questions that you may have. Uh, feel free to message me. I would be more than happy to kind of give you more insight. And if you have any other questions, let me know. I'll happily answer them. Thank you for listening to the hot. Blah, 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 blah. Thank you for listening to the Happiness Podcast. I have been your host, Daniel Casadillo. And once this whole pandemic finishes, where are you off to next? Thanks for listening. Peace.